Right, shalom and welcome to Rivkush, the CJN podcast featuring conversations with Jews of color talking about all topics Jewish. Today, I am so excited. I, I'm so excited. I don't even know if I can even find the words. I'm so excited to have Rain Pryor with me today. Her bio, incredible, incredible. I don't even know if I can give it justice, but I'm going to give it a go. Rain Pryor is a dynamic speaker, spokesperson, award-winning actress, singer, writer, comedian, producer, mom, wife, everything, many, many hats, and they all fit. And all of those hats reflect her eclectic mix of Judaism and her African-American roots. One of Rain's mentors told her, if you wait for the world to come to you, you will always be waiting. Find what you want to do and go and do it. And I think that totally defines what I have seen Rain do, <laughs> who she is, everything. She is constantly creating, inspiring. She inspires me Aww. to do my best. She wants people to just, just live their life to the fullest. Yes. That's what I get from her. And I, and I know your work is not done. I know. And I'm telling you, Rain, I follow your, I don't, I, I'm a lurker on Facebook. And let me tell you, you are one of the people I make sure I see what is going on. So gotcha. thank you and welcome. Welcome. <laughs> if people could see my face and be like, is, is I know, right? grin. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh my gosh. Uh, so how's it going? Cause your it's life going. is busy. How's it, it going? Is busy. It's going. I'm, a, you know, I, yeah, I don't, I'm glad I was able this year to enjoy some of the summer before we're not going to be able to enjoy it again. <laughs> so I'm glad to be out there doing what you know, exploring and seeing things with my daughter and having life and celebrating life this year because, you know, been through some health stuff. And so it's just such a celebration right now for me, you know, and it put a lot yeah. of life in perspective for myself. And so, yeah. yeah. And Absolutely. And speaking of, you've been very open and very candid yeah. about the issues that you have been facing with your yes. health. And can you share like, how are you today? Because I know it was a lot, I presume mentally, physically, spiritually. Where are it you was. today? You know, look, where I'm at today is I'm in a place of, of acceptance. You know, I accept the fact that I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I'm lucky. Apparently it was the good breast cancer. So, which means it's easy, quote unquote, to like get good. treated, you know? So I had that. I'm still going mm -hmm. through the recovery process. And that's been interesting because I'm a person that likes to get up and go, go, go. And realizing my own limitations and accepting that at the moment, mm -hmm. um, you know, like flying was great until you get swollen from flying because you still are healing, you know? <laughs> and I have never even another, thought of that. Right. I, neither did I. And then I have another surgery, the follow-up surgery to the surgery I just had happens in a week and a half. So I'm like totally going through all the feelings again, which is okay. Oh, and I've accepted yeah. that, mm -hmm. you know, I accept that because it's part of life. And, you know, it's funny that you said I was so candid about it. And I feel I had to be because we all struggle with something, you know, in our lives, we struggle, it's over the past year, you know, I think we all saw a lot of um, 
whether it was, you know, racial disparity, health disparities, people passing away from sickness and disease. And you heard so much about it. I think we all, so being candid, like I'm human and this happens and you still pick up and go because I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I direct, I, you know, I'm trying to, to write this series, like all these things are still happening. And, you know, so you just show up and you're like, you realize you have to live a life in the moment because we don't know what the next moment is. No, even when we're planning, we don't know. You know, nobody said, oh, right away, right in the middle of this rain, you're going to have heart disease. Oh, and guess what? Cancer. <laughs> nobody gave the warnings. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Hello. Dang. You know, <laughs> it's like when you plan life. Mm, yeah. You know, <laughs> show that. And so, right? you know, I'm one of those, as yeah. you see, like, I'm going to live it. All right. Throw it at me. Let's go live it. You know, even when mm-hmm. I'm tired well, or I'm not feeling great. Yeah. You live it. It's a fantastic role model for your daughter, Lotus. I mean, Aww. you're setting such an example that, you know, you rise up, you oh, rise up you. and you push through. And it, I have to tell you, I love your, your TikToks of you dancing. <laughs> and I have to say, like, I, I, know, I, I, I I've been up beg. here doing the stuff too. <laughs> we have to, Sorry? We have to beg to be in my daughter's TikToks. I have to be like, can we do a TikTok? No. Like, I don't know if you're going to learn the dances. And so they're like, well, teach it to me. And she's like, oh, my mom has to be in all my videos. Oh, like she doesn't recognize that we've been dancing and doing that stuff pre-TikTok. Thank you. (laughs) She doesn't care. Like I'm so unimpressive to her. Like anything I do, like if I said, oh, I'm going to go sing jazz and blues in New York City in this club that was known for X, Y, and Z. She's like, and... People are really going to pay to hear you Oh, dear. (laughs) God love our children. Do they know you make me clean my room? (laughs) Oh, the horror. I know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Terrible. (laughs) It's like, you see, and I would have been, because I'm kind of hardcore, I would have been, I would have said, be happy you have a room to clean. That happens too. Yeah. Like, you know, we can move you in the attic if you want with like, who knows what's up in the attic? But you can you can be up there in the hotness. You can discover it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Speak. Speaking of parents, I mean, no. your parents, you know. And Crazy. one of the questions I want to ask you is because you know sometimes I, I don't even know if I should say sometimes. I'm sure you're used to rain prior daughter of you yes. know recognizing. That's cool, but also you are rain, you are rain. And so, you know, um, for our audience, she is the daughter of Richard Pryor (laughs) and the daughter of Shelley Bonas. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Or am I putting a Canadian? I'm putting a Canadian spin on it, you know? Canadian spin on it. It sounds so chic. Yes, please. I love it. I almost said, I wish to tell my mom. Yeah, I'm And then if you look on she Ancestry or, or 23andMe, it's like Bonois, just so you know. There's like different spellings. Yeah, so we have a Bonois, but none of us are French. So just say, okay. it's, all, it's all like Russian, uh, Russian, Polish. Yeah, 
very interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, so not only are you Jewish because yeah. your mom, it, she she's Jewish, you are also obviously African-American. So you're yes. biracial. And yes. so it's like you're you're carrying multi multiple identities with, yes. you know, in, in yourself. Yes. And how was that growing up? And recognizing also you grew up in a particular environment that is foreign to me, you know, Um, but how, how was that? You know, how was it? I grew up in a, so it's funny, me and my, uh, one of my best girlfriends, also a black Jewish girl grew up saying we're the same age, Malik Berger. Um, We were just talking about that the other day that we grew up in a different generation. So we grew up in the generation where there wasn't a lot of us around like four years from us five years from us yes there was Mm -hmm. but at our time it was very different and our mothers were very militant about our blackness as well as you're also Jewish women the difference let's say between Malik's mom and my mom is my mom took on I'm going to be your African-American role model with my blonde hair and blue eyes. And I'm going to wear a daishiki and, uh, you know, uh, Afro wig to school because you got called the N-word and the principal needs to know that your mom is hip. <laughs> okay. So how did that blackness. work out for you? How did that work out for you when your mom shows it, up? You know? Oh yeah. Totally interesting. Cause mind you, this is pre Rachel Dojal in the U S right. <laughs> so this isn't, this isn't like, Oh, I believe I'm a black woman. This is like, no, I am doing this in support of my child in an era that was like, what are you doing? Dang. You're a white woman, you know, like you're not Dang. supposed to do that. And is this really your child? Like she, she's different than you. Um, so that was the era in which I grew up in. And so finding, you know, being able to find who Rain was, was going to be a journey of a lifetime because, you know, there wasn't representation in our synagogues. Mm-hmm. There wasn't representation in literature of us. You know, there still isn't, which is part of, you know, why we're here, you know, having conversation and holding space to go, we are here, we exist, and we're a part of this ancestry and a part of this culture, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, yeah. Your mom sounds pretty fierce. She is pretty fair. Because <laughs> yeah, that takes is. a lot. That takes a lot. Because even when yeah. I reflect on, because I, um, I did see this somewhere, even when I reflect on the when you were born, I believe it was four years after loving the love yeah right that's right right so we know that tensions like would have been it would have been incredible regardless of who was getting married do you you, you see what i'm saying it doesn't matter if it's richard Pryor and and whoever it's like black man white woman that's absolutely you don't do that in that era you know and we're still talking about it isn't that crazy it's 2020 because it's still happening. It's People still are, happening. it's still happening. You know, no. I am, um, my children are biracial. So I was a product, uh, I was um, married to um, a white man. And even in Canada, we get the looks or the because people like to say oh Canada it's not a problem it's like yeah we're just polite about it right you know so I get the UK exactly exactly but or you get the questions like oh you know you have the groceries on the um on the The belt yes the belt and people oh oh you're together 
No, I'm just I'm just paying for his groceries just for bleeps and giggles. Like seriously, right. yeah, right. yeah. So, I, so I hear it. I hear it. Um, now, you how was how was um, how did your family manifest Judaism in your household? Like I, I get, you know, you, from day one you knew who you were. Did yes. you do all the holidays? Did you do you know the the so markers are- of Jewish stuff? We did the marker. So my family was culturally into Judaism. My grandparents went to temple once in a while. You know what I mean? The high holidays. That's when you go to temple, show your face, see your friends, you know, and talk about how you really need to be going to temple on Friday nights, but you don't. (laughs) Right. So that was our family. We are culturally Jewish in our household. Like, whereas my friend that I was just telling you about is the opposite. Like she speaks Hebrew, she reads Hebrew, her kids have been bat mitzvah, you know, and bar mitzvah, and I'm, our family just didn't believe in that. Like my mom was never even bat mitzvah. So mm-hmm. it's not something, but culturally we were Jewish. Culturally, you know, I sat down and would do Torah study with my grandfather or my grandmother would teach me how to make latkes and how to make brisket. And, nice. and then you could get older and you realize, well, everybody makes their brisket differently and we make ours like this, but my, maybe my sister's family makes it, you know, with, with, I think she uses ketchup. I don't know, but oh, it's okay. different. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Different, you know, than my household does it. Yeah. Um, and but you're all but, doing the brisket. You're all, all doing, doing the brisket. We're all doing the brisket. And I always felt I always identified as Jewish and I also identified as black. Like it never was something I questioned. What I had trouble with was the, in the, which the era I grew up in because of not having us represented in that space was the conflict other people had with me being Jewish, you know, um, which is something we're talking about now in 2020, which is, you know, as we enter Jewish spaces, not being asked, who did you come with? Mm-hmm. You know, but assuming that maybe we're there on our own. Go <laughs> figure. This is who we are, right? And even with my daughter, I think she's growing up because that's how I grew up culturally Jewish and getting a lot of her Jewishness, I think, from my friends that I surround myself with. They were like, what? You didn't do Shabbos dinner? What? No, it's funny. I like the Shabbos candles, you know? Nice. Nice. <laughs> you know, teaching her how to make challah because I love yeah. making challah, you know? Yeah. I, I have yet to make a challah. Oh. I have like a thousand recipes I, oh I've learned God. how to bake bread over COVID so my next natural step should be that but I, and and girl I'm sure I can braid you know that the Jamaican in me I, I think I can braid <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah I just haven't taken that step so maybe after this they'll spur me on to say I'm gonna make the holla too right <laughs> yeah so speaking of like yes. you mentioned the word latkes Yes. Let's talk about fried chicken and latkes. Let's talk about it. Yes, yes. What was the genesis of that? What you know, that came out of what what you read in my bio. So that came out of you know being in the industry and kind of feeling like I kept hitting the same uh, type of marginalized wall, which is you're not black enough for the black roles. 
You're not white enough for the white roles. People can't conceive that black comes in all different shades. So it's it's really a look that I did not have. And so how can I make my mark? And I didn't want to do stand up. Everyone kept pushing me because obviously my dad. So being Richard Pryor, oh, she must be funny too. So let's push her into stand up. And I'm funny in my own way, but I'm not stand up funny. I did stand up. I did an album. It, it was okay. Like it's not great, you know, mm-hmm. otherwise I'd have a special. So it obviously wasn't <laughs> great. And But I did it. And so creating fried chicken latkes really started off with me just throwing some characters and some music and doing a cabaret show. And then acting out these characters in between and going into a song. That's literally how it started. And in 2001, and I have been doing it ever since until COVID. That's when everything stopped. For the first time in my life, like I wasn't on tour. I have gone every year. I'm performing it at least four times, you know, a year. And then all of a sudden, you know, or creating like my series with some big named people, but everything in COVID just shut it all down and done so it, it, and so now I'm in the process of learning um, how to technically create a script and um, put it out there and maybe produce it myself somehow for television you know or film but I think those stories of black Jewishness and multiracial Jewishness needs to start to be told so absolutely. That's where absolutely. Yeah. What, what, what um, can you share any current projects that you're working on right now? Well, honestly, what I am currently working on, uh, and it's out there in the world, is the script. So I wrote a first draft, I put it out there and just, you know, it's everything in the industry is so hurry up and wait. And so, mm. you know, that's where I'm at. We're in the process of, of, of shopping and meeting with people and hoping somebody is like, yeah, that sounds great. And at the same time, oh, my goodness, I'm also in Cornell University, uh, online, eCornell University, yes. getting my <laughs> DEI certification. And so yes. I get that in September. I'm so excited. I'm on oh. my second to last class. And well I'm thrilled for that. So literally, that's what I like. That has been what COVID has done for me is gotten me into a space of put it into action. You know, like I can't wait on other people to get my idea. Sometimes you have to create the idea and then they go, oh, that's what she was talking about. It's very interesting. Like you expect people to automatically have that light bulb and go, oh, yeah, we aren't hearing those stories. Let's tell that. Yeah. But, you know, so you do it yourself. I'm all about it. Absolutely. 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 Wow. So right now, nobody else can. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of the industry now, I can't even remember when this happened because I remember waking up in the morning one morning and and seeing this article about the Black Jewish Entertainment Alliance, I believe is the word. And I was like, yeah, um, I don't know what they're doing. You don't hear much from them. But I don't hear much. And you know what was glaring to me? Because I, I, I have looked at the names and I'm like, where is the OG? Where is Rain Pryor? <laughs> like, are you kidding me right now? I know. I know. I was a you know, little and taken I, aback. So was I. And look, it happened. Was it, you know, I don't feel it was a, anything personal. I just feel like, okay, I'm not in the fame game. You know, I don't know how to play Hollywood. And that's the truth. I've never that's been okay. good at it. And I'm all right with that because I have a life. So, you know, but... 
I felt that, yeah, I have been doing this work literally and talking about it, you know, not only since I've done my show in 2001, but before that, I, it's something I talked about and I stood up for. And so you would think that pulse would have been there. And the fact that my name has been in the trades for the fact that I'm, I was at the time working with Norman Lear to create this series about growing up black and Jewish that maybe you would have thought to reach out to me. And so, you know, I just, when I see things like that and you aren't involving to me, and not to say that the people involved aren't real Jews of color, but what I noticed again is that we keep segregating ourselves. So it was either you were black and then you were Jewish, but there was no black and Jewish, or you were very physically representative of a race or a culture. And so I'm, I'm excited and eager to see what's going to be created outside of that with people who are actual Jews of color to talk about the both ands of where we sit within our communities all over the world. This is a global thing. This isn't just, you know, um, special to the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a global issue that we come in many shades and different forms of who we are and how we identify. And that is that we need to learn to see that I can be a supporter of Black Lives Matter and a supporter against anti-Semitism. Absolutely. And that Absolutely. I don't there it, I don't have to choose that it's a part of, because it's a part of who I am and that I can see where as a black person, there are disparities and inequities that need to be and social injustices that need to be addressed that we haven't addressed in the United States. And I can see where as a Jew, we still need to face um, the hatred that that we see and the unconscious biases that we present when we talk about Judaism or Jews. Right, right. Well said, well said. I, I, I feel the same way, you know, because we, we do, we tend to talk about racism, right? specifically anti-Black racism, and we talk about anti-Semitism, right. not recognizing that they are branches of the same tree. Right. And that we should be doing this together. And I think there was, I, I saw the... Um, BET special that you were on. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah, it was it was it was good. It was good. It was good to hear. It was good for me in that, you know, I I say some of those things and it's great to hear other Jews saying it also. You know, it's almost it's almost like, okay, it's not just me, you know? Right, and right. and, there and was it was person- the tip. It was the mm-hmm. tip of the conversation, right? Yeah. So that whole presentation was a tip of the conversation that exactly. really needs to happen and continue. And I really it, felt that it should have been, you know, it should more, have been a long, right. A more process. than 20 minutes, at, more yeah, than 20 minutes, if we're even talking time frame, because there's exactly, so much exactly. more round table, that would be great. But nothing is stopping us from continuing the conversation. And, you know, we, we, we touched on your experiences in the Jewish community. What is your experiences within the African-American community as a Jew? You know, my experience as an African-American and the Jew is the same thing as when I enter Jewish spaces and get asked, so how are you Jewish or who did you come with, right? So I don't wear Judaism on my skin. I'm not a, I'm not white reflective of what the idea of 
Jewishness is supposed to look like in black spaces, right? Unless I'm with Jews of color who get it. So it's the same thing. It's not a conversation that's had, you know, when it comes up, you hear the same tropes that you've heard before, you know, or you're in a conversation with someone and they bring up, yeah, well, that Jew took my money and, Mm. you know, and so you deal with that. So that's what I'm saying. I get it on both sides. I always have. And so how the work that I really want to do and I'm working with a great organization also called Mosaic um, with a, another Jew of color, Deese and I was Japanese and Jewish. And, you know, my goal is to help bring that awareness that, again, we come in all shapes, sizes and hues and um, can have two standards of beliefs. So, you know, because I have my African spirituality, which I hold on to, which is my Ifa with the ancestors. And then I have my Judaism, which is, you know, whether it's my knowledge of what I know of Torah, and I can bring that, you know, forth to the table. Right, right. Um, You know, it's interesting, because when we look at the history, and there's a great documentary, uh, Shared Legacies. And when we look at the history of African Americans and Jews, it was like this, they were very intertwined. What in what do you think, because I, I, I struggle to understand where the divide happened, why it happened, and how do we get it back? That That's more weight than, you know, the Black Jewish Entertainment Alliance, like, like that, that would be weighty, if that makes any so say, sense. Say what the question is again, one more time. So, okay, so we, whenever I, I you know, after... After the George Floyd murder, there was a lot of talk in the Jewish community about how, you know, we, we've always supported civil rights and we walked with Martin Luther King Jr. I, I thought right. to myself, if I hear that one more time, I'm going to scream. But, you know, because right. that was like, that was like the year of my birth. Okay. So right, it was a right. long time ago. Right. And, but as I think about it, and, and then I saw the documentary Shared Legacies, and I'm like, yeah, there was a deep connection and a deep, you know, but there wasn't there but there was and there wasn't so okay so that's what I'm getting at yeah so So to me there was and there wasn't so there were there was a handful and I really will say a handful and maybe a couple of small organizations that stood behind um social that stood behind social justice movements and especially during the civil rights era but each group stood still in its own space even though they come together to march against something and Mm -hmm. were supportive of you, we still stood in our own spaces. So there wasn't yet, how do we bring this together? How do we group this together? Because if it did, we wouldn't have the conversation of, again, going back to going to Temple and being asked why or who are you here with, right? right? It would just be knowledge that we're here to worship the same as anyone else sitting here to worship, not just because we looked different then. And in that era, if you look at who, you know, it's like, so I put it this way, my grandmother, you know, grew up in a different era. So she's from, her family was from Russia. She's a second generation immigrant, but she grew up, blew up, grew up here. (laughs) And so, you know, growing up, her idea was that the conversations were always like, I care about, I care about the black people, you're a people. 
you know, <laughs> you do that well. Right. I, I, I see like, I see like your grandmother and I, right. Right. <laughs> but anyway, you know, because that's, and so that's what I mean. There was, there was a sense of, we support you, but not this universal. I'm going to stand beside you and we're going to be integrated into each other's lives, knowledge, spirituality, and culture. And that's where I think we've, we have made a mistake is that in order for me, like I'm supposed to hopefully in, in October speak to a Christian, uh, apostolic uh, Christian congregation about- uh, Can you define apost, apost, say it again? Apost, ap- see, I can't say it either. Apost- Apo- apostolic, apostolic, the what, what, what is that? So it's just like, it's another sect of, of Christianity. You know, okay. I, I believe they wear white gloves and it's very okay. like not Pentecostal, but it's close to that. Okay. It's in that gotcha. Category. So okay. anyway, I'm supposed to go speak at the church about, because I was part of a coalition to bring, um, into a, a ceremony that the Baltimore city school system wants to have um, a, you know, welcome back to school event. And I said, what about involving the Jewish Federation of Baltimore into it, either being, you know, someone who can give you money for your event or set up a table, because I think that's how you start it. If I don't know about you, then I can't be aware of you. I can't be aware that I'm also behind the things that you're fighting for and your children and your, you know, but that's how you do it is by the integration of our communities and an understanding of who we are, our beliefs that are not so different from what you believe other than when it comes to Jesus, you know, yeah. what I mean? like that's, yeah, where, yeah. that's where it ends and we begin, you know, right. and vice versa. <laughs> so, but that's okay. That it's that when we learn how to accept someone else for their differences, we grow as a community. When I can be inclusive and say there's a big celebration around Christmas time and there's also Hanukkah on its heels or in front of it, depending on the calendar year, you know, maybe we can combine and have a celebration of both for the community to come together. So that's Absolutely. what, that's where I'm trying to target. You know. That is you know awesome. I mean? Yes, you know I mean? <laughs> yes. I hear you. I hear you. That is awesome. You actually, when you said Jesus, you made me laugh because people have asked me, you know, what happens, you know, when somebody who's black in Canada finds out I'm Jewish. I said, well, usually if they're, if they're from Jamaica, they kind of go, oh, okay. Cause there's a big Jewish population at one point in Jamaica. What? I said, but so, yeah, but I said, I sometimes they look at me and they're like, Oh girl, you need Jesus. Right. <laughs> so, so I just flashed to that. And I'm like, I'm That's good. So funny. I'm good, but we can still get on. Ain't no thing. Right. Right. But uh, yeah. So I, I agree. I, I think that is the way to, to kind of merge. So you had mentioned Baltimore. Yes. And I remember that you were running for city council. I did. Cause I was like, you go. And I would like you f- to talk about what precipitated that. Cause it is, you know, it is a, a thing. It is a thing. Pushed so- you. The reason I decided as what I call myself a lay person in politics, I really am a lay person. I have no political aspiration. I really don't. But I felt in my city that when my daughter was going in public school at the time was severely bullied, no one dealt with it. And I felt that was unacceptable. And it's so prevalent um, across our nation. First of all, it's very prevalent. So I spoke up and I realized people were listening and I said, well, then maybe I need to use my voice 
um, for political purposes to help bring awareness to certain issues and maybe help also within my community. And then I realized the game of politics. Very interesting. I will never run for politics again. (laughs) Yeah. So share, share. Right. Yeah. No, because I realized it's a beat. So my work is better served on the ground. My work is better served in what I create visually or aesthetically what I want to create culturally um, about bringing communities together. And politics is very much about sometimes being able to let something go that you really, really wanted over here by doing something over here in this field that maybe you weren't prepared or wanted to be a part of, but I don't know how to do that. Because if you're wrong, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. I don't know how to kiss your butt and tell you something (laughs) different. And so I knew then I'm not going to win, but I didn't lose badly. I got 36% of the vote on my first time ever running for office. That's I'm freaking awesome. During COVID. Pretty so, darn awesome. Right. So I was doing well and then COVID happened and I couldn't go knocking on doors because I'm a high risk. So I couldn't go knocking on people's doors and I couldn't do it from a hospital bed because I was in the hospital also, but I did the best I could do. So I was proud of my 36% of the vote. I'm still proud when I walk around in my neighborhood and in my community and people say, I voted for you. Yeah. You know, are you ever going to run again? I'm like, no. And I tell them why and they get it. I said, because I don't know how not to be so vocal about my opinions about how government and what you're doing is so foul. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay, that's telling it like it is. So what you're really saying is you don't have a filter. So it wouldn't be that great. (laughs) It really, you know, I would, I think I could have helped to make change. And then I'm realizing, so we have a city council that constantly is telling us, yeah, but it's not within my power. But you have a voice and you're on the news. So you can make it your power. It might not be something the council literally can vote on from your seat, but you're in a position to use your voice for a higher calling or a higher good. And you're choosing not to or passing the buck on to somebody else. I can't do that. I'm like, no, I'm going to go talk to so-and-so, you know, in in DC about why we can't change the policies yeah. around, you know, violence and, and harassment in our schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So what, whatever happened with the bullying incident and, well, and, we, how, and how, how is Lotus? She's amazing, but nothing happened. And so we moved her uh, because we could at the time, even though it was a struggle, we moved her to private school believe it or not, um, where she's thriving, where the culture, the climate and the culture of inclusivity is different. So she feels secure and she's thriving. She's, you know, even when she was getting bullied, she still got A's and B's, but now she's really getting A's and B's and has friendships and is learning about, you know, how to have healthy relationships with her peers and so I'm, I couldn't be more thrilled. Good, good. Cause you know, you know, when but yet children... the problems still exist in the oh. schools, you know, just today, I, uh, there's an article that came out, um, about Baltimore city schools that Fox news was doing that. There's going to be a big protest on August 3rd in front of city hall to remove, to try and, and remove the, um, administrator of Baltimore city school system. 
they're asking her to step aside and let someone else in because we're failing our kids time and time again. Yeah. Cause they're, yeah. yeah, Don't get me started, girl. I can go. No, 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 no. The the bullying thing. I'm actually getting chills because it just even thinking about it hurts my heart, you know, at at, at the effect that it has on our people who are are little people who are trying to find themselves, find their way in this world. Well, we have this, we have this philosophy and it's, you know, I would, it's funny. A lot of my politics here, a lot of my politics, I would say is very progressive politics. Um, I also, I guess, have conservative leanings. And I think it's just an age thing. I'm 52 years old. You know, I think if you're going to spend money, you should have a budget to how you're going to spend money. I mean, it's a household. That's what we do. I think if you're going to create policies in schools for kids about bullying, that to, and you want to address trauma and become trauma informed, then you have to be willing to put counselors and therapists into the school that can deal with the trauma, but can hold kids who bully accountable. That doesn't mean lock them up in prison. That doesn't mean da, 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 but it means how are you going to deal with this and deal with it cohesively so that everyone kind of follows these rules. And yes, we all know different kids, different circumstances, we're aware of that. But that's where I get to. So we've created policies that were very standoffish and we're very standoffish with our kids of color Mm -hmm. because there's a belief they can't handle X, Y, and Z. And I feel like when you put that out there, you are saying to me, you're racist. Mm -hmm. So as progressive as you wanna be, I'm not buying it. Because if I did something wrong, I had to pay the consequences for my action. Absolutely. When my daughter does something wrong, she has to pay the consequences of my action. You know, I came from a family where both my parents did drugs and alcohol. I mean, it was all over the news, except it wasn't like today because we didn't have internet or it would be everywhere. That's the only difference. But I survived Mm -hmm. and I paid, you know, I was accountable for my behavior and my actions, regardless of what was happening at home, because that's what I was told. It was like, all right, you can have that at home, but you're not going to behave this way here. And let me tell you why, because your education is important. What you're going to learn is important for your future success. If you want out, this is how you're going to get out. Wow. So yeah, it's deep. I know. Wow. Dang. Super deep. (laughs) Shut up, child. (laughs) I'm sorry. I got to take a breath. I got to take a breath. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, don't, no, don't be sorry. Like I'm telling you. I, I felt every word you said, and I, I have goose flesh. I was just like, <laughs> whoa, um, I'm going to lighten it up. Because, please. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little I bit. Know, right? I, no, I, no, can, I cannot let this, this moment Ooh, go without you. saying loved head of class, loved head Thank of you. class. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I was thinking about it the other day and I thought, I should say to her, you know, I grew up watching head of class and I thought that when people hear that, they're like, how old do you think I am? And girl, I'm older than you, but I grew up. <laughs> no, you're not. You know, black don't crack. Right. Not at all, girl. Cause you Cause look, like look, look, look at, look at you. Look at you. I think we'll both go back to grade school together right, because, right. We'll, you know, cause we both black don't crack. Right, FBI <laughs> calling us. Look, can you pass for thirty-five? We need you to hook up. Da 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 da. Yeah, like, but oh. I. Oh gosh, but I do. I remember watching you and thinking, look, it, right. it, it, it's 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 a moment that I remember so many years later. 
you know, and what's crazy even about that, like, so I created that role. They didn't have something like that on head of the class. It was an open call audition. I went and I did a monologue. I believe I did a Spanish, a lat. well, that wouldn't be Spanish. So Latino housekeeper at the time and something else and whatever in these monologues. And I was asked, I was like, oh my God, can you come back tomorrow? And can you write us a teenager? So I went home and I looked in the paper and saw this article about gangs and da da da. And I used to be part of, of working with gangs. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to create this rap character. And I went mm-hmm. into the audition and literally did a monologue and rapped and got nice. hired on the spot for head of the class. Nice. They were like, we want to use that character. Oh, and by the way, you playing it. And so that's how I got head of the class. And Sweet. my I was only supposed to be on uh, two episodes. And the first episode, it was taped in front of a live audience. And I went out and uh, did the taping. Afterwards, they introduced the cast. And I got a standing ovation. Nice. Kids in the audience. And then that night, I got a call saying, would you be a regular on our show? And that wow. went on. And so I was for the next three years. And that yeah. was it. T.J. Jones. T.J. Jones. Theola <laughs> June. Her real name is Theola June the, Jones, right? I don't remember Hilarious. the first name. <laughs> right. Theola. I just remember the Theola. I think in one episode they gave her name. Yeah. Oh, right, Theola yeah. Ju- Theola June Jones. Yeah. Wow. Hilarious. That's wow. why she was T.J. Because nobody wants to call Theola when they're 13. <laughs> How old were you when you did that role? 18, 19. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was 20 when it ended. Oh my God. Seriously though. Where did the time go? I know. Right. To my hips. That's where it went. (laughs) 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 I went to my hips. I tell you. Oh, don't even joke. (laughs) (laughs) But I, 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 yeah. Cause when I even think about head of class and when it's hard to even believe it was that long ago, it feels like it wasn't. And then I look at like my grown children or whenever, and I'm like, no, it's a Isn't while it ago. Crazy? We have children like that. I know, right? I'm it so is. amazed. Yeah, it is. And just, you know, just as an aside, please tell Lotus that I watched the video of her in the dance class. And what was it that was attacking The cicada. Her? Oh cicada. my God. I laughed. I laughed. I laughed. Then oh I felt God. bad because I was laughing. But so I'm like, she, weird, can't, but I'm like, she can't see me laughing. It. I'm like, she can't see me laughing. Right? <laughs> Girl, we laughed so hard. I thought that was the funniest thing I had ever seen. And then went right back to dancing. Like, I know, but I was funny. like, all you see is, <laughs> I oh my did. My I daughter love. and bugs do not get along. Hilarious. Oh my god! I hear her. I have a spider saying, like, uh, you know, my 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 partner life. He actually refers to me as the murderer because I'm constantly hunting <laughs> them down. Because I, I I I can't live like this. I can't live if I feel like there's an invasion of spiders. But <laughs> so I, I get her. I get her thing. But um, yeah. So how, what are her goals in life? Like, you know, she comes from a history of entertainers, right? Because your mom was too. She was performing just not in front of people necessarily. Like she looks at TikTok, like it's just fun to do with my friends. And it just keeps me in contact with my friends. I'm like, whatever. But she doesn't really have an interest yet in performing. Like that's mom's thing. And she said, you know, what if I don't want to do that? Would you be disappointed? I'm like, no, but it is in your genes, Lotus. You have it naturally. Like you're naturally, she's naturally hilarious. She's naturally a great dancer and mover. Like, you know, so I wonder, but she's also good with math and science. So who knows? She might end up 
you know, she's like, look, I want to make money. I need someone who's going to cook for me because I don't want to cook eggs. Ew. Like, she's that girl. I'm like, who developed this little valley girl? Like, really? <laughs> In Baltimore, of all places. <laughs> you know? Gotta love like, those goals. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. So I'm like, oh, those are your goals. And she's like, yeah. So the only jobs that give money is like real estate, a lawyer or a doctor, maybe a vet. Like that's her eh. plan. So I'm like, all right, all right Miss uh, 13, know it all. Yes, I, I run with it, run with yeah. it. Um, you know, parents again, what would yeah. you say, what would you say was the biggest influence or the biggest thing that you got from either of your parents, like from your dad, you know, aside from the great sense of humor, you know, my like dad, when- both my dad and my mom, I think what I got is blunt honesty and truth. I don't know how not to not, tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a good liar. Um, so yeah, that won't happen. So yeah, that's what I got. Well, my dad was always very honest and very truthful. And he said, do this, like be in the industry for as long as you feel excited. And when you stop feeling excited, stop. And I've done that a few times where I'm not excited and I've stopped to do, you know, other direction, like the DEI stuff or, you know, working with the Jewish Women's International Federation and that kind of stuff like, you know, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that, those are great gifts. Those are, that's awesome. Right. That's awesome. You can't ask for better truth and honesty. It really, because that's attributes. I look for integrity. You know, that's something I got both from my, my, I would say my grandfather, really, you know, he was known because he was Danny Kay's manager back in the day. And he was known as the manager who you could shake his hand and you knew the contract was done. Oh, you know, then he could write it up. So it was like that he was known because he was known for his impeccable word. And I really believe in that. So I, yeah, I come from that same place. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, I just, I'm so loving this conversation. I love talking to you. You are amazing. Now (laughs) now I'm going to be on your Facebook even more. Just kidding. Please please don't call anybody. (laughs) Don't don't, don't take me as a stalker. No, you can totally be like, what's up, Ray? I'll be like, hey, boo. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm so glad because I, I don't know if you remember, I really wanted you to come up to Canada for fried chicken and latkes but we couldn't get it to work out and then everything else interfered so you know for me this was a great opportunity I also went and saw the documentary at the Toronto Jewish Film Festival because I think I posted pictures of the lineup yeah. of people waiting to get in yeah. I was like, I was so you know excited about that oh it was great it was Thank great you. so this has been um incredible for me thank you and I have it's been to... incredible for me oh thanks so um yeah. I so thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy life because I know it is I see what you're posting on Facebook you busy <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thank you so much for that it was thank my you. absolute pleasure to have you rain prior and just rain oh, prior boom thank you Becca. <laughs> all right all right ciao Bella Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Rivkush. I'm Rivka Campbell. Michael Freeman is our producer. Our music is by Westside Gravy. You can find us at thecjn.ca. If you liked it, please leave a review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
It's time we talk about more than just the tragedy The hardships we've overcome and the savagery It's time we focus on what's woven in the tapestry The roots that connect us to our truth and the canopy Of every single branch of our tradition The story that's been told and those yet to be written A tale of persistence and account of achievement All across the globe, every single place that them leaves went Scattered in the wind, never scattered too thin To remember where we come from and the gold that's within Zahav Yerushalayim, Asur Lishkoach Hakdushat Ha'aretz, Shenoten Lanukoach Scattered in the wind, never scattered too thin To remember where we come from and the gold that's within